Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and my audio didn't show up. Let's do this. <laughs> Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. me again chatting with Nat. Yes, it's Natalie Jean, Natalie Jean. Today we have singer-songwriter Ashley Ray. Ashley Ray is a 23-year-old singer-songwriter originally from Dallas, Texas. She is currently based out of Chicago, Illinois, and spends her days working as a copywriter and her nights pursuing her dream of making music. She began her pursuit of music in high school and started her college career at the Chicago College of Performing Arts studying musical theater and vocal performance. However, Ashley missed her Southern roots and wanted to nourish her love for writing. In 2018, she transferred to Southern Methodist University and would eventually graduate in May of 2020 with a degree in journalism and minors in creative writing and performance arts. Her love for music, performance, and writing became very prevalent at the beginning of the pandemic and during the summer of 2020. Ashley began pursuing a career as a musician and songwriter she re- recently released her first single, Synthetic Serotonin, and all, on all streaming platforms and has plans to continue to write and release new music in the years to come. When Ashley is not writing or making music, she's most likely watching a true crime documentaries, reading comic books, or trying to adopt a cat. Let's give a round of applause to Ashley. What are you Hello. How are you? How are you? I am I am doing so well. Thank you. I loved the applause effect. <laughs> yeah, I like to have people feel extremely extremely welcome. Um you know, my little hands just won't do it. It won't do it. Whatever. <laughs> So I had to give you that round of applause so that you could feel exceptionally welcome. Um, So how have you been doing during this pandemic? Well, (laughs) um, you know, it's funny. I, so I, so I graduated college during the pandemic, which was a great time. Um, And it's funny. I think, during a pandemic when all music venues and most music outlets cease to exist is not necessarily the time to decide to pursue a career in music, but you know, that's, that is what I did. Uh, Oh, wow. So yeah, it's, it's funny. And I, and I think, and I've talked with a lot of people about this, about how, you know, I was, I pursued music. I've been pursuing music at least as a hobby or as something that, you know, fulfilled me creatively for years. Um, But I think there was a part of my brain that always kind of 
thought that it would never be a prospect as a career, that it was something that other people did. You know, it's it's like, oh, sure, I I write songs and stuff, but being a songwriter, being like a professional musician, like that's something that just other people do. And I have no idea how I would even be able begin to pursue that. And then the pandemic happened. Um, And before the pandemic happened, I was actually like fully prepared to like, you know, start applying for jobs in the journalism field. I was going to be a journalist. I was going to be like Mary Jane from Spider-Man. Like (laughs) that was like, or Lois Lane. Like that was the, that was kind of the, what I thought was going to be my career path. And then I would still just play music as a way to make myself happy on the weekend. Right. Um, But, you know, I think, um, there comes a point, especially at the beginning of lockdown, where I, I'm i a kind of person who likes to keep busy, right? Like I like to, I'm always making plans and, and doing things and whether that's, you know, working at a gym or teaching yoga or teaching spin I, or, you know, going out with friends or I kind of filled my schedule with things that weren't necessarily um, fulfilling entirely, but they, I was told like I was good at them or I was told that like, Oh, you're good at this. You should do it. And so I did. <laughs> but then what happens with the pandemic is like all of those things were stripped away. Right. I, we right. basically just spent hours and hours in our houses. And it was interesting to me that at that point, what was the thing that I was like, I need this to survive. I need this to stay sane. And that was music. And um, I consider my mom one of my biggest supporters, and she's always kind of my life counselor, mentor. Right. And she was like, "Why don't you do the thing that makes you the happiest? Or why don't you do why Why don't you pursue the thing that 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 you are clinging to during this time?" And I said, "You know, mom, you're right." And I kind of just jumped off felt like I was jumping off the edge of a cliff into the unknown. Um, I have, you know, journals and pages and pages of like songs I've written for years. Um, And I just decided to start actually fleshing those out and working with a producer to what's the sound, what's the, what's the story, all of these things. And actually ended up deciding like, there's an album here. Like there's, there's yeah. enough content to make a full album. And, and so I really started with this, this first single I put out was really a song that I wrote during the pandemic. Right. And I felt like it was just, I have to put it out now or there's no other time to put this song out kind of thing. Right. Um, you know, I have, I've had songs I've collected for years, but it's kind of like, if you write a song in the pandemic, you've got to release it during the pandemic kind of thing. You know, that was kind of my, my thought process, but yeah, so that's, that is how the pandemic's been going for me. Uh, wow. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's wow. Because by reading your bio, I mean, obviously music has always been in your soul, but you, that you had, a, you had time like everyone else to do, uh, make some self-reflection and realize that, um, music is where your soul is, your heart is, and that's where you want, that's what you want to pursue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it was, 
I think I think every musician goes through and still goes through like this mm-hmm. phase of almost imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. We're always comparing ourselves to another person or you know another artist and we think right. well they're we see their talent, right? We see their talent, we see their work ethic and we see what they're able to do, but it's hard for us to acknowledge it in ourselves. I think, and I think it's it's always a struggle, and you always feel like, well, you know, that person's so talented. I need to keep working. I need to keep, you know, doing this and doing that to, to reach that next level. And it's it's hard for us to sometimes realize, like, we are at that level. We are right. ready. We are we are capable. And I think especially um, especially as as a woman in an industry that's been years dominated by. Um, men frankly it's it's it also there's that other level of like finding your voice and finding your strength to say like no I am capable and I I do have a voice in this industry and I do have the capability to stand my own here so mm. no you're 100% right I think once you get deeper into the music you start realizing and you do a lot of workshops and conferences and stuff like that um, you start realizing you don't have to be like everybody else. And you don't, I mean, you can work hard. We all work hard in this music industry because this is a hard business. But, um, and there's some artists, you know, some people are cover bands. Some people want to sound like their favorite artists and that's okay. But when you're mm-hmm. working, and you're, you're an individual and you're bringing out your own stuff, you realize there is no competition. You don't strive to you don't have to strive to be like anybody else because in a lot of these workshops and these conferences, they tell you, we already have this. We don't want to hear the same stuff on the radio. You hear some of the same stuff all the time, but that's because it's pay to play. And so what people, what yeah. the audience, what people are craving, it's the audience that's craving something different. If you watch the Grammys this past year, it was the lowest ratings because people are tired of the same winners. They're tired of the same stuff. Now, some of the lyrics can be fantastic, but it's always the same thing over and over and over again. And you would think that this would have been the point where the Grammys would have had um, the highest rating because everybody's at home. It's right. Just show you people are craving something different. They want to listen or watch something or, or that they can relate to. And a lot of these artists, you can't relate to anything because some of them fall in their heads. Some of them are. That's just what it is. Um, right. And you and and you you can't even you can't even fantasize about the thought about meeting some of these people one day because they're so into themselves. That's why I like people like Adele because she's so down to earth and you can relate to her breakup songs and boy problems. I love her. Yeah, she's phenomenal you can really even Taylor Swift is a big star but at least you know she has some humanity in her and she does she does a lot of charity work and a lot of her songs you can relate to her you could say okay this 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 woman gets me and a lot of people are just you know like I said craving that um the realness the authentic artist right and I it's it's interesting so um Taylor Swift is one of my one of my biggest influences, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say necessarily in terms of style. I think every artist has their own style, but um, 
I really grew up. It, it's interesting. I I re, I kind of compare her to the same experience that I had with Harry Potter novels. <laughs> like I felt like I grew up with her. Right. Like or I I I got like you know I look back at her first self-titled album and I remember that came out when oh my gosh I was probably like was very young I think I was like in middle school you know but all the 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 boy problems and the and the drama and the crying onto your guitar I was like this is me (laughs) this is like this is this is my life but then as her albums continued to come out I grew with like I grew with her and so then when folklore came out it felt like you know, it felt like this album was really like at a point where she was kind of opening up and allowing herself to artistically be free. And I felt so similarly to her. And I, yeah, I just have so much respect and appreciation for, for what she has with the industry and, 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 in the industry. Um, but yeah, Adele as well too. And and what's great about, <clears throat> um, Taylor Swift is that she is very much an empowered woman. I mean, she mm-hmm. to her guns. I mean, especially with politics, she doesn't really care. She's like she believes in what she believes, um, and she doesn't try to persuade her fans to um, follow her politics. She tells you what she believes in, and then she fights for those rights. And what I love about her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a businesswoman. Now we all know the story behind her. Her father helped her get into the into the music business. However, you know she's sure. all about when when she has a concert, she knows where the the musicians are going to be placed. She's she's into it. She's into every aspect of her career. You know, mm-hmm. she's a she's a force to be reckoned with, and that's what I really love about her. And and she sings her mm-hmm. truth, and I think that's extremely powerful. Uh, yes, so cool. I completely agree. Um, how would you describe your music? Mm, this is always a fun question. Um, <laughs> I so when I started making music back when I was by making music, I mean writing music. Um, right. But when I started writing music back when I was like 15 years old, I, I'm originally from Dallas, Texas. So if you can't, if you can hear my slight accent, it appears occasionally, um, particularly when I say y'all or, or <laughs> even accent, like it's there. Um, but I, I grew up around country music. Um, I grew up with, you know, Dolly Parton playing in the car. I grew up with um, Brooks and Dunn and, and, a lot of George Strait. I mean, you can't have a song called All My Exes Live in Texas and be from Texas and not of you know, not be a George Strait fan. <laughs> um, but so I grew up with that in my ear. I also grew up with a lot of classic rock too. I grew up with a lot of Stevie Nicks, um, a lot of Heart. Heart okay. my mom loves loves Heart. And so I think, you know, when I started writing music, those influences, like those little earworms were there. And so my music started out having a lot of kind of country influence with a little like sprinkling of rock. However, that is not what my music is like at all. Mm-hmm. I think it is kind of like that base root. And I think there's always going to be that sound there. But, you know, generally I start with 
lyrics. Okay. Um, I start with most of the time when I start a song or particularly when I was younger, it would come from life experience because when you're young, that's kind of all you have, right? You have what you know and what you've experienced and that's about it, especially as a teenager. And then as you get older, you start to learn about storytelling. You start to learn about um, how to kind of thread a storyline into a song and, and you learn that songs don't have to be about you. Right. They can be about someone else's life. They can be about a, a life of completely fictitious life. And that's when I started to have fun with songwriting. And I think genre is now, particularly now, it's malleable, right? Mm-hmm. I think genre, the way I approach songs is if I write a song and I'm like, this is a country breakup song. And, right. you know, I need, you know, I need the fiddle. I need the flames in the background. I need, you know, like, you know, that whole vibe. Then that's what the song is. Right. But I think also there's songs that you write and you're like, this, this is absolutely like pop bubblegum, Britney Spears moment kind of right. thing. Now, obviously when you put out music as an artist, you, there is kind of like an overarching uh, sound, um, and so I would say, like, in terms of genre, I lean towards, like, indie pop, indie rock. Um, mm-hmm. But I joke, I jokingly call my genre cowgirl pop. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so I think for me, it always starts with the story. What, what's the song about? What's, like, what's the storyline? Who are the characters? And then I think the sounds and the genre and the, uh, the production and the programming and all of that kind of come from there and move from there. Well, I like that answer because you are very <laughs> unique. You know what? You're unique. Every, you know, I love, I love doing these shows because I learned so much about different people with different artists on here. And I love mm-hmm. the fact that you have your own genre. I, I, and I love when people create their own genres because sometimes we need something. I think a lot of people don't understand that music evolves over time. And let me tell you, there's one genre that they just don't understand that um, music evolves. Absolutely. It's like the jazz genre. If you are not specific to jazz, the notes, the way they're supposed to be played, I mean, old school people are just like, no, nope, that's not jazz. That's not jazz. Uh-huh. We, you have uh, you have to play it this way. You have to play it that way. And that, that's just a bunch of crap. <laughs> Music is <Yes>. all <laughs> over time. And as you can see, there's indie pop, there's country pop, there's country dance, there's country this, there's country that. And I love the fact that music can evolve in such tremendous ways and that somebody that may not have been into country now is because they've added a pop influence to it or they've added an indie influence to it. It, that's how powerful music is. You can just put a little something, something into it, and people are just like, oh, my gosh, this is um, – what would you say makes your music a, a little bit unusual? Is it the fact that it's kind of um, the country pop, or is it something, it a little bit something else? Mm, that's a great question. Um I would say what makes my music unique. And I always, I, again, I always find these questions very interesting and fun to answer because again, as I think as artists and musicians, we, we have a hard time describing ourselves 
Right. You know, like we, we, we can have someone else write about us. We can have someone right. else talk about like what, what our genre is or what our, what our sound is. But when, when people ask us to do it, we're like, um, I <laughs> sing. you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but gen, like genuinely, I think the thing that makes my music unique is um, I, I don't think I have a stereotypical like pop princess voice. Okay. My voice is a little lower. My voice is like a, a is a little more, per, like typically I would say probably suited for something more like bluesy or jazzy or even folk kind of sound. Um, I grew again. I grew up. I grew up in Dallas, um, but my dad's actually from New Orleans, and so I grew up with a lot of jazz influence too in, in terms of vocal training and um, Nora Jones is like one of my biggest vocal influences. Um, and so I think that makes my music uh, unique just in terms of the vocal sounds. Um, mm-hmm. And then in terms of the full production of it all, I think what makes my music unique is that I'm not approaching it from like, this is a pop song. I'm not right. approaching it from this is a country song. I'm really approaching it from like, how do I make this song sound amazing and how do I make this song really tell the story I'm trying to tell or convey that emotion I'm trying to convey um if that means you know loud 80s sense and rototoms then like let's do it but if it means you know a saxophone and a trumpet and you know that vibe then let's do that I think what kind of ties my music together is my voice and then the everything else is kind of is more about telling the story and more about um, creating this atmosphere around a song rather than just pigeonholing myself into you know one type of sound So what would you say is your writing process like? Um, what inspires you? I know it's not just about, you know, writing about yourself. You like to write um, mm-hmm. about things outside of your own space. Um, and I can give you an example. I One of my albums, I needed one more song and I was, my brain was dead. And I was just like, okay, what am I going to write about? And then I walked by, by this bus stop. I saw a map and I wrote a song. That included the word map, you know, get a map, get a clue. Mm-hmm. That basically was the song. So, well, there's more lyrics to that. But um, so, <laughs> what inspires you? What is your writing process? Yeah. Um, I think one of the reasons I love songwriting is that every time you do it, it's a little bit different. Right. Every, like every song has a little bit of a different process and a different story and, um, sometimes, well, f- so for example, when I wrote, um, synthetic serotonin, I wrote this song in October of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote it on a plane when I was flying. So I live in Chicago. Um, but I record actually all of my music with a really good friend of mine who I've known for almost a decade now who lives in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, it was right around the time where I was starting to feel a little bit safer about, Traveling was still trying to be very safe because of obviously of COVID, um, but I hadn't traveled on a plane yet. And I was actually flying back finally 
to meet with him because I had made this decision of I wanted to make an album. Now right. the song that I wrote was not going to be on the album at all, was not even going to be released. I had not even written it yet. But I got on the plane, and I have horrible plane anxiety, <laughs> like horrible plane anxiety. And it was the craziest experience because I got on the plane, I sat down, and I was not nervous at all. I had, I was not on edge. I was not nervous about the takeoff or the None of that was there. Right. I was nervous about everything else that was going on in the world. In the <laughs> world, you know, because yeah. <laughs> and it was a very interesting experience because all of a sudden I like had almost like this clear tunnel vision and I had had these ideas uh, and I'd been writing like brief notes about what I wanted to write a song about, about living in the pandemic. I had written like, I'd been watching a lot of old movies. So I'd been watching like a lot of old Westerns. Um, I'd also been watching a lot of like, um, 2001 space odyssey um like these kind of or or and a lot of um this is probably not good for my mental health but i watched a lot of like end of the world movies i was watching like a lot of walking dead and like day after tomorrow and yeah i i i I had a conversation with my therapist and she's like why are you watching these (laughs) during a pandemic and I said, I don't know. I don't know why I do this to myself. But anyway, so I'm watching all these movies about these like grand, frankly, like endings, these cinematic world ending events. And then I'm sitting in this pandemic and I have not left my house. I actually, frankly, felt like I wasn't doing anything. And so that duality, mm-hmm. and I've been writing notes about this and I'd been kind of trying to figure out how to put these thoughts into a song. And then I sat down on this plane and for the first time in my life was not anxious and was not terrified for my life. Yes. And I sat down and I wrote the whole song on the plane. Um, and so that's an instance where like you sit down and boom, it's just the song. Just, it'd been, you know, it, it was, it was almost like the song had been marinating and then I finally got to put the steak on the grill, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I finally right. got to give it its moment. Um, but Truly, I think songwriting is different every time. I think there's one song on the album that I wrote over the span of five years, and it's about a relationship that I was in. Well, it's it's sort of about a relationship. It was a sta- it was kind of inspired by I wrote a verse or two, kind of when this relationship of mine mm-hmm. ended back in like 2017. Um, and I revisited those lyrics about a year ago, um, when something else kind of happened in my life, not related to this relationship, but related to another relationship. And then I added to it and then I recently revisited it and I finally wrote a chorus for it, um, kind of after again, something else, not related to that old relationship, but to a new relationship. And, and then now there's a full song and I find it very interesting that, you know, songs kind of have, they have different times that they're, they, they come to life. And then I think some songs live in their limbo stage for longer than others. You know, I think some take five years to write, some take a month, some take two minutes, you know, but that's what, that's why I love it so much. And I always, I, I will say, I always start from a place of personal experience 
Right. And then depending on where I want the song to go, like, do I want this to be a really raw, emotional, like, kind of exposure of myself kind of song? Do I want it to be that? Or do do I want to fictionalize this? Do I want to take this event that inspired me and then, you know, look at other, like, books or films and see how it could tie in there and then pull ideas from that? And, and I think... I think that's I, that's just why I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> it's just it's, it's always different and it's always new, and I love that. Um, what do you enjoy most about being mm. an artist? Mm. Oh, that's so that's such a hard question because I go back yeah. and forth. I go back and forth between there's three things. Like I call them the big three of 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 like the almost like the, the gateway drug to wanting to be a musician forever is right. a, the, the, when you finish writing a song, that feeling of when you finally finish just writing the lyrics. Yes. Amen. Um, uh, it's just, especially if you're writing about something and songwriting is a like form of therapy you know, mm-hmm. if, it, you're, if, it's, if that song helps you get through something in your life, like, yeah. oh, like, it's just the most cathartic, beautiful feeling uh, when you finish a song. So that's, that's one part of the big three. The next part is getting to perform those songs right. live. And then I would say the third part is similar to performing them live, but it's when you get to go and, and put those songs into a studio and sometimes when the song completely changes, you know, I, I, I wrote a song that's going to be my next single release. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but uh, it's going to be the, the next song I put out. I originally wrote it and I was like, this is going to be a sad song. Like, Oh, this is going to be on piano, cello, mm-hmm. violin, like, and then we got in the studio and we started increasing the tempo of the song <laughs> We picked up the tempo. We added like a steady like kick drum, and I was like, "Wait a second! This is this is a summer pop banger, right? That's what the song is, and that is also just so fun and fulfilling. And I think those moments are like what keep you hooked on making music. Is like when you come into the studio and you think, "This is what the song is about. This is what the song is going to be like," and then you start playing around and you're like, I was wrong. <laughs> I was completely wrong. You're like, no, and that's no. the best. Yeah, no. Those moments are fantastic because you think, oh, well, this is what's going to sound like. And you go into the studio like, mm, and you play around with stuff. You're like, no, this is the groove. This is the beat. Or, no, I love the slow and dramatic and stuff like that. That's happened to me so many times. No, I get it. Um Yeah. Music is a crazy place. Now, we're going to play your song, um, Synthetic Serotonin. Tell us what that's about. Yes. So it's a, that's a fun one. Um, <laughs> so I, the song really, in its most simplest form, is about dealing with change. Okay. And coming to to an understanding about that even so even when the world is crazy and 
feels like you can't control it, mm-hmm. there is something that you can control, and it's what you put into your life, right? And it's what, or it's it's or it's the energy you choose to put into your life. And I think, really, the the song for me was I wrote it in a way to come to terms with feeling like the world was ending, but also feeling like nothing was happening to me personally. Right. And how do I deal with that? How do I cope with that? And the lyric synthetic serotonin, it comes much later in the song. It's in the bridge. And I think that bridge is all about like, yeah, the world may be something I can't control, but I'm going to choose to be happy. Or I'm going to choose to put something in my life that is happy or is, is fulfilling. Now, I think the, I think the, the edge that you walk in this song is that are some of the things that you decide to put into your life that make you happy for a moment really good for you. And I think right. that, that the song kind of poses that question and walks that like bittersweet line. Um, particularly, you know, when I was in the pandemic, it's like, oh, should you have texted, you know, that one person who was very toxic because you felt mm-hmm. lonely? No, you shouldn't have done it, but it made you happy for a moment. Right. So you're going to do those things, right? And I think, I think everyone I've talked to about this song, I always like to say, ask me, like, what's this song about? And and I was like, what do you think it's about? You know, and I hate that answer. <laughs> like, you know, because then everyone's like, well, then I have to think about it. Why can't you just tell me? And I'm, I'm always gen- gen- like genuinely curious. Like, what, what is it about for you? And so for me, you know, as the person who wrote it, it's about – learning to cope with a world that is is constantly moving and constantly changing for better or for worse and understanding that you are going to you are going to change with it whether you like it or not. Amen to that. All righty. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to have a word from our sponsor and then we'll play Hi, this is Nikki Chris, and I host a podcast called Mixin' It. Mixin' It focuses on women in the music, entertainment, and the performing arts. Our goal is to provide an avenue for industry veterans and up-and-coming artists, musicians, engineers, and producers to showcase their talent. Listen to Mixin' It on Monday Music Madness at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Sim Radio Network.
I am so glad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What advice would you give to somebody trying to break into this music career thing? Mm. The first thing that came to my mind was stop telling yourself you can't do it because you can. And the only reason you're not is because you're telling yourself you can't. Because that's what that that was my life for, I think five years. Um, but truly, and I think something that is really hard to do in this industry is to stay true to yourself and stay yeah. true to why you love it. Right. And I think I think something that is hard to hear too is you have to love it. You know, I, I've I've met a lot of people who, you know, have have you know great careers and are actually you know doing great, mm-hmm. but they have started and they started because they wanted, you know, they wanted the fame and they wanted to perform at Madison Square Garden and they wanted to you know be the next Taylor Swift and that's all well and good listen everybody I think kind of wants those things deep down and I think we're all human and to to, to deny that we we want those things is you know it's silly sure yeah sure I would love to play Royal Albert Hall or something crazy like that like yes but also I think you also should love it so much that you want to play a room with two people you know, I, th- I think that's one, you can do it. And 
you just have to stop telling yourself you can't because at the end of the day, we are our biggest critics and we are our, we are, we are our biggest critics, but we're also our biggest motivators too. And you can either choose to be one or the other, I think. And I think accepting that and learning that and then also learning that you have to love it enough to, to play to one person, to play to, to two people. And eventually you'll be playing to a hundred people to 200 people to what, you know, sky's the limit. But I think learning that at the beginning is and, and approaching your career with that will also make, will separate you from the people who are doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, and I think even, you know, branching off of that, when you get into the industry or if you're trying to get into the industry, like just surround yourself with people who not only love and support you and who, who want you to be successful, but who are not afraid to tell you when you are doing, when something doesn't sound good or when you're exactly. when maybe you're not making a good decision. Yeah. You know, no. surrounding yourself with yes men is not, is not the way to, to build a career. It's a way to kind of just, you know, reaffirm your, your beliefs in yourself, which is good. You know, you need, you need people to support you a hundred percent. You need to have people on your team and people in your life who are supportive of what you do, but at the same time, surround yourself with other creative minds who are not afraid to tell you when something could be better. or You could, you know, approach something differently. True. What is um, one quote you like to live by? Oh my goodness, a quote. This is like when someone asks me to sing a song and I forget every song I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, let me think. No, that happens. Let me think. Um, or a thing. Or something that you just you say to yourself I, to motivate yourself. Yeah, I I think this may be super cheesy, um, but my I, I've mentioned before my mom is like my biggest – my mom is actually a breast cancer survivor, okay. um, and when I was young, I remember um, she um, uh, was going through chemo, and um, I made a comment when I got older, you know, when I was like in – my early 20s, I am still in my early 20s, but I guess I was like 20. Um, and I, I made a comment like, you, I, I, you, chemo must have been, like, you must have had a, like, a really easy time with it because I never remembered you being sick or I never remembered you looking weak or ill or, you know, any of those things. And she went, oh, honey, no, I had probably some of the worst chemo symptoms ever even my doctor said so. And I went, I never knew. And it's because she was like, she was just a badass. (laughs) And I never, I never, I never even knew that it was affecting her in that way. And and I remember when she was sick, she used to, before she would go to chemo, she would always say that, you know, it's, it's another day. Right. And you get to decide how you feel about it. Mm. Like, that's right. God put us here, and today is a day. It's either going to be a good day or a bad day, but that's up to you. So she'd always say that when she was sick. She still does, but that really, really stuck with me. And I think 
some days are harder than others. And I think everyone can relate to that, that there's always bad days and there's always great days. But at the end of the day, your energy and how you approach your life is up to you. And I think my mom really kind of solidified that in me. Amen to that. You create your path. That's basically it. You can choose to have a good day. You can choose to have a bad day. It's up to you. Mm -hmm. Just Mm -hmm. like this career. If you don't believe in yourself, if you don't love yourself, the music career is going to go anywhere. And people need to understand that music is subjective and everybody's going to like your stuff. I've submitted my stuff in one place and not gotten anything submitted to somewhere else and people just loved it. And so the bottom line, you just have to believe in you. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's kind of, that's, that's that's the hard part of music, right? Is that you have to understand that like, I mean, the reason we create music is because we have something that we like that we want to make, right? And and then if someone else likes it, great. If someone else doesn't like it, hey, that's also great because then that's that's just kind of further developing and establishing music interest and music activity and all of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, um, it's a never-ending cycle and it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to be told that the thing, your baby is, you know, that someone doesn't like your baby, but guess what? Like another person will. So amen, amen to that. That is the if that's one thing people can learn, that is that. Well, Ashley, thank mm-hmm. you so much for being on chatting with Nat. It has truly been an honor. Um oh, everybody, thank you. everybody can find you at www.ashleyray.com and they can find you on Instagram. Hell, just Google her. That's what I just tell people because I can't remember everywhere I am anymore. It's just too much. <laughs> I know. You can find me. Consult the old Goog. <laughs> <laughs> Consult the old. I like that. That's an even better t-shirt. Consult the old Google. Consult the old Google. Um, yeah. It's truly been an honor. I've learned a lot about you. I'm going to follow you. Um, and I can't wait to do the um, Instagram live on a Friday. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to chat some more. Um, again, thank you, and I hope you have a great rest of the week until Friday, until I see you. Um, and you'll have a better time, even more time, because we'll be chatting together. Um, it's, it's you're you're a powerful woman. Continue to do great things with your music. Oh, thank you. You too. All right, all right. That was Ashley Ray, everybody. Until next. Time on chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. No, 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 no.